Hey y'all, welcome to the Rise Podcast. This week I thought it would be fun to share with you something that I've been working on for, gosh, has it been a year? A really long time, like a really long time. And that is my show. Do y'all know I have a show on Quibi? Quibi is a new streaming platform that launched in April and the Rachel Hollis Show is part of that. If you have never watched an episode, I wanted to share some of what you're going to get. Every single episode is a mix of teaching and fun because that sort of felt like the perfect representation of who I am as a person. So in the beginning of each episode, I teach on that week's topic. And at the end of each episode, I do anything I want. It might be a cooking episode. It might be some advice on parenting. It might be a DIY project or how to plant an herb garden. Or I might be joking and kind of lamenting about the hardship of motherhood. You name it. I feel like I cover every single topic in the show. And here's the best part. No episode is longer than 10 minutes because that's Quibi's thing. They bring you entertainment that is less than 10 minutes. Quibi stands for quick bites. So you can consume really high level content in not a lot of time. So for today's episode, I thought it would be cool to share some of those segments where I'm teaching because that lends itself perfectly to podcasts. Specifically, I'm going to share sections with you from the week where I spoke on happiness, how to reach for something real in your life, something that's not fleeting. I did a week where I talked about the habit loop, how we get stuck in negative habits. We keep finding ourselves back in this washing machine cycle of repeating the same stuff over and over. I'm going to share the episode I did on organization and how the things in our life aren't just expensive in terms of monetary value, but that the things that we buy, the, the product inside of our homes those have an emotional expense attached to them too, which is why many of us struggle to get rid of the clutter. I'm going to share something from the week I did on leadership and the reality that every single one of us is a leader in different ways. Lastly, I am sharing a bit from the week that I talked about body image and more specifically how dangerous social media can be to us as women and to the children that we're raising about believing that they have to look a certain way in order to be good enough. So this is a collection of some of my teaching segments from the Rachel Hollis show on Quibi. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and the free information I found on the internet. In the 15 years that I've been building and scaling my company, I have become deeply passionate about helping other entrepreneurs to do the same. So each week, I'll be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life and your business. This is the Rise Podcast. Today, I'm 
I'm going to share with you the number one thing that has brought me happiness in my life. And you might be surprised what it is. And I'm going to show you the super fun way to set your goals and also drink champagne, which feels like the kind of life I wanna live. All week long, we have been talking about this idea of pursuing happiness in our lives. And I will tell you that one of the things I really believe when it comes to things that make us feel good, it is so important that we all have some kind of goal that we're working toward. Now listen, when I say goal, I don't mean that you wanna be CEO. I don't mean that you wanna make a million dollars. Your goal could be that you wanna train your weenie dog to do that thing where you like shoot at him with finger guns and then he plays dead. I'm totally serious. Your goal could be that you're gonna sign up for your first 5K. Your goal could be that you wanna get out of debt. You wanna pay off those student loans. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. If you never claimed a goal before or had the courage to do that, come on in. The water's fine. Come on, it's gonna be okay. Just um, start small if this feels scary to you. Start with something small and challenge yourself to achieve it. And the feeling of pride that you get when you do even something little and beyond pride, the knowledge that you figured that thing out is so powerful. I talk so much about goal setting. I wrote an entire book about how to achieve a goal. And I think people get it flipped because they think that what I'm saying is that you should want the goal, which like, yeah, there are a lot of things that I hope to have in the course of my life, but really having a goal, it's not about the thing that you're about to achieve. It's about who you are going to become in the process. So what I would challenge you to do today is start to dream, start to visualize as if it was a movie playing in front of you, because if you can see it, then you can create some kind of plan for how to get there. For about 10 years, I have kept bottles of champagne in my refrigerator all the time, and I would take little tags and write a big goal on top of it. Right now, at my house, in my refrigerator, are five bottles of champagne. They all have big, giant goals. And when you finally achieve the goal, you get to have the champagne. It's not even about that moment, though. It's about every single time you open your refrigerator door and see the tag and the champagne, it's a reminder of where you're going. There's something so powerful about calling a big shot, naming a big goal. So I'm gonna create some right now. My belief is that you have to write the goal as if it has already happened. So I'm saying I'm on the cover of Forbes. My favorite story about this process is a bottle of champagne that I had in my fridge that said, I am a New York Times bestseller. I have been an author for years and years, and I wrote five books that nobody cared about. <laughs> and when Girl Wash Your Face came out, I thought, okay, this is the best chance that I will ever have to make the list. And it came out, and I didn't make the list. <laughs> Uh, a book didn't make New York Times bestseller, but I just thought um, maybe this one would. Uh, it's such a like silly thing because I know in my heart it doesn't matter, but it's because it's something that I've 
thought about for so long. Um, it's like hard to let go of that, uh, that dream. And I remember I was like crying in my bedroom and I was like, wait a minute. This is the opposite of what you teach people. This is the opposite of what you believe. Okay, so you didn't make it this time. You're gonna stand back up and you're gonna go again. 13 weeks into this book being out, Girl, wash your face, made the New York Times list. I have had a bottle of champagne chilling for about a decade with a tag on it that says New York Times bestseller. And I'm gonna drink the crap out of it tonight. Most women are afraid to call their shop. Most women are afraid to claim something big. When you remind yourself every single day of where you're going, I promise you, you are going to get there so much faster. So once you create the tag, I want you to put them in the refrigerator, literally every day, where you can see who it is you're trying to be. All right. I have dreamed about having my own show since I was a little girl. I live in fear of accidentally shooting my own eye out. You guys like shake this up beforehand? I'm gonna do this guy, just in case. I'm gonna drink this. Someone else is cleaning up this mess. We've been talking all about finding joy and progress. So here's today's homework. I want you to think about a goal and figure out how you are going to get there. And be specific. I just think that something happens to us when we begin to make traction in our lives. Have a fantastic day and I'll see you then. Okay, be honest. Have you ever had one of those nights where you're like, I'll have a cookie, and then all of a sudden you eat everything in the kitchen? I have done that a million times because I'm an emotional eater. I want to explain to you why that happens and how it has everything to do with habits and nothing to do with willpower. And today we're rolling around in my minivan and I'm telling you how I became one of the most successful motivational speakers in the world. And today, I wanna to get into not the composition of a habit, but what a habit loop is and how it shows up in our lives. For me, it showed up with cake. I'm okay. I am an emotional eater. I, that is how I was raised. If you are happy, you eat. If you're sad, you eat. If you're angry, eat twice. And I would find myself as an adult, I'd go to the kitchen for like, oh, there's leftover birthday cake. Have you ever done that thing where you look at the birthday cake and you're like, I'll just even out the line. Did anyone, like, I'll just even out the, and then you're like, I'll just, and then you even out, and you're like, oh, well, I took too big of a divot, and I'll just, like, you make another line, and then all of a sudden, you've eaten half the cake. And what happens is that you were just going in for a snack, but suddenly, now your emotions are involved in a different way. Now it's not just about having some cake, now it became shameful, because you've done something that you didn't intend to do. Here's what it looks like for me. The cue is, I want a snack. The action is, I have a snack. The reward, yay, I felt good for 10 minutes because I got some sugar, but almost as soon as that starts to wear off, I start to feel a negative emotion, which cues me again. Have you ever done that? Where you're like, well, I already ate the cake, so I guess I'll eat the chips. 
already ate the cake and the chips, so I guess I'll have some wine. And it, you get caught in this vicious cycle and you just keep going. That's because your reward is actually triggering you and it becomes this negative loop that you stay inside of. Get out of this cycle. I promise there is an answer. I am living proof that there is an answer to get out of this headspace. When you're a mom, sometimes the only time you get to yourself is in your car after you drop off your kids somewhere else. That is a good time to think about where you've been and where you're going. It's time for minivan stories. Today I am remembering how I started as a motivational speaker. And it's important to say like it wasn't even my intent. I just wanted to be able to speak well in front of a crowd. I started out speaking at business conferences. I was so bad. And I see that and I think that is something that we should be celebrating instead of hiding behind a sarong. I put all my speeches on little note cards and my hands would shake and my voice would shake, which is the worst when you're like, speaking in front of a crowd and you know that they know that you're nervous and it just makes everything worse. That was like every speech I gave for four years. Back then I was terrible and the only reason that I am as good as I am today is because I was willing to be terrible. I intentionally embarrass myself every single time that I get on stage because I want you to know that I'm just like you. Like, I'm gross like you, I have back fat like you, I shave my toes like you, I struggle with these same things just like you do. I got to speak for Oprah this last weekend and I opened my keynote for her talking about how one time I lost a tampon inside of my body for three weeks. And I'm gonna let you know what, Oprah did not like that story. She came on stage after I spoke and the first thing she said was like, girl, I'm glad you found a point because I was really nervous with that tampon story. And I was like, no, and a part of me died, right? Because she's my hero. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I don't want her to think I'm being disrespectful, but it ended up being awesome because the last question she asked me is why do you think you've been so successful? And I said, because I stand on stage and tell the tampon story. And in a world of everything's airbrushed and perfect, I think that people are hungry for authenticity. Okay, we started out this episode talking about negative habit loops. And if you really want to change the negative habits in your life, you are going to have to find something to replace them with. So I have a little homework for you today. I want you to make a list of five things, five actions that you can take instead of, and these need to be good things. They need to have some kind of reward on the other side. Meet me back here tomorrow and I'm gonna show you how to use them. How much do you spend on all this stuff? And is it stuff that you really need? Today, we're gonna dig into the idea that there are huge costs associated with all of the things that are around you, and I'm not just talking about financial. This week, we're talking about organization. First, we discuss the fact that there is a huge emotional impact between you and your space. And then the idea that having a functional space is more important than having a space that looks like it belongs in a catalog. Today, I wanna to talk about the cost of all of the things 
not just that you buy, but that you hold on to. In my own life, I think the worst examples I have of this are um, clothes. Sometimes I'm, I'm out and I'm like, I see a, a thing and I'm like, I don't know if I'm the kind of person who wears like seven inch stilettos, but I feel it right now, right? And so I invest in these shoes that I probably shouldn't be buying and I'm never gonna wear again, but dang it, they made me feel so pretty. And I literally have a pair of these in my closet right now. I bought them for my birthday. They sit on the top shelf where they have been sitting for the last six years and I won't get rid of them because I feel guilty that they were so expensive, but every time I look up and I see these Jessica Rabbit shoes, I feel like I wasted money and I am an imposter. It's a whole weird thing. You have to ask yourself what the emotional cost of seeing those shoes, right? The emotional cost of seeing the treadmill that you're not using every single day when you know, right, it's right there. So think about what this is costing you. What would it mean for your life if you could just let go of the weight of those things? My best idea for this is give them to someone who can use them. Give them to someone who will love them as much as you wish you loved them. I cleaned up my closet recently. I took all of the things in it to the girls in my office and one of the gals grabbed this jacket that I literally bought 15 years ago and have never worn and I saw her taking it to her car and I almost cried because I was like, you know what? It was not ever meant to be for me. That was supposed to go home with her and I feel so much lighter and I do not have to look at this Art Deco bedazzled situation anymore and judge myself. All right, have you ever decided that this is the week, you're gonna get super healthy, you're gonna be great, you're gonna eat foods that bless your body, you're gonna get all the green things in, and you're doing pretty well on Monday and Tuesday, it's kinda going okay, and then you get really, really hungry, and you turn into a monster and you eat everything in sight. You end up making bad decisions with your nutrition when you're hungry. So the key for me in terms of healthy eating is all about how do you prepare in advance so that when you get hungry, you've got a ton of great options and you're literally removing the guesswork from what you are going to eat. So today I wanna show you how I meal prep. I do this every Sunday. I prep for the week ahead to make sure that our fridge is filled with great things, not just for me, but also for my kids. This typically takes me about two hours and that includes grocery shopping time. The first thing that I want you to do is when you go to the grocery store, come back home and prep all of the food that you just bought so that you don't have any excuses. So I've got some kale, I've got some zucchini for stir fry later in the week and I'm gonna go ahead and get these prepped. I always recommend having vegetables that you can eat as a snack and also having vegetables that are gonna be great to throw into something you're sauteing or baking or putting on the grill so you have no excuse for why you're not getting your greens. All right, let me give you a little tour of what's going on in the fridge. We always, always have hard boiled eggs. It's a really easy grab and go snack. You can eat them by themselves or you can mix them into a salad. Always fresh veggies, protein, so 
grilled chicken thighs, we've got some ground turkey meat, asparagus is a really easy one to drizzle some olive oil on it, throw it into the oven, we've got some roast vegetables, um, rice, uh, we pre-prep our oatmeal, anything that I can reheat in a microwave during the week and still be able to stay on my plan is key. Tons of fresh fruits and vegetables. I always in our fridge have chicken salad and tuna salad. We don't do soda in our house. We don't do juice in our house. So always have sparkling water. Challenge yourself for a week to try this, even if it's just a few things, and see if you don't feel better. It has absolutely changed my life and my nutrition and has made it so much easier for me to feel like I'm giving my kids food that is good for them, not just quick and easy for me. We talked all about how much your stuff is really costing you. And here's today's homework. I want you to go find your version of my beaded jacket. What do you need to get rid of and give to someone who's going to love it? Guess what? You are a leader. I don't care if you are a stay-at-home mama, I don't care if you are a high school student, it doesn't matter where you work or even if you work, you have influence over the people around you. And this week, we're talking all things leadership and how you can grow into your role. We are talking about leadership and how that shows up in your life. Here's the thing, most people don't tend to think of themselves as leaders. We usually reserve that name for CEOs and people in business and politicians. And if we're being honest, if you're a woman, a lot of times what you thought of as a leader was a man. But the reality is that leadership is really just about your influence over others and your willingness to care about them enough to wanna to develop them and help them become something more. This is something that is so near and dear to my heart because I am really proud of being the leader that I am. I am a leader at my company where I am the CEO and have 60 employees. I am a leader as a mama of four little people. I'm a leader in my community. I'm a leader in my extended family. I'm a leader, I hope, for you guys. I think being a great leader means that you care more about the people you are leading and their growth than you are about your own applause and attention. How are they doing? How are they showing up? How are they being served? In fact, at my company, one of our core values is something that we call servant leadership, meaning that to be the very best leader that you can be, you are in service of other people. This week, I wanna dig into the idea that each and every one of us, no matter where we are in our life, is a leader. What would it mean for you and what would it mean for your family or your friends if you took a more active role in how you can help others? And even if it seems scary and maybe makes you feel nervous about how that's gonna look, understanding that you have influence and therefore you have responsibility. This week we're talking about leadership, why it's important and what it means for you. And today's homework is this. I want you to make a list of your favorite leaders, the people that have been most influential in your life. Then come back tomorrow and we're going to talk about how we begin to take the journey into meaningful leadership. I'll see you guys then. What do your friends and your perception of your own body have to do with each other? Everything.
All week long, we have been talking about body image and how it mostly affects us in a negative way. Today, I would love to reframe what you think about when you think about your body. Okay, here is the truth. It's one of the biggest reasons why you are beating yourself up about your body image. Who are you hanging out with? We are the combination of the five people that we hang out with most. And depending on who is in your life and how they feel about their bodies, it absolutely affects how you feel about yours. Maybe that's your friends, maybe that's your partner, maybe that's your family, or even the media that you consume. Whatever you are seeing is informing the way that you view the world. I was scrolling through social media and I saw a woman, like some celebrity, right? And I don't know her, I'm sure she's a lovely person, but I'm looking at this person's body and I'm like, oh God, that's amazing, right? I'll just stop eating everything and then, you know, me and this model will hang out together on a beach somewhere. The next person that I scrolled by was this incredible beauty blogger who has the most slamming body you've ever seen. And by slamming, I mean all the curves all the time in this skin tight dress and she is feeling herself. She looks so good. And I thought, God, look at the difference here. Look at your response. Look at how body positive, like look at freaking Lizzo. Lizzo's like, here is my body, whatever. Depending on what you are consuming, it changes your perception. And so one of the easiest things that you can do right now is change up what you see every day. That day, when I saw those two different pictures and I noticed my reaction to both of them, I unfollowed 600 accounts. So if you are feeling this way about yourself right now, I want to ask you who you are hanging out with or who you are allowing to speak into your life. You need to get some confident friends. You need to hang out with some people who love themselves. And if you don't have that readily available in your community, go find it online. Go follow Lizzo. Okay guys, today we talked about body image and how the people around you can affect the way that you perceive yourself. And here's today's homework. I want you to clean up your media. Go into your social media accounts and mute or unfollow anyone who triggers you negatively in the way that you perceive yourself, your beauty, and your body image. And tomorrow, come back and we are wrapping up this whole conversation on body image and sending you into the weekend feeling strong. I'll see you then. So this is a collection of some of my teaching segments from the Rachel Hollis show on Quibi. And if you wanna try it out, Quibi is free for the first week. So you just go download the app and you spy all the fun things that are there. But just to give you a little bit of an idea I hope y'all are having a fantastic week and I hope you enjoy this collection of teaching from the Rachel Hollis Show.